Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from deep in the Eublifaris galaxy, on a small planet called Gekonia, east of the albino hills and south of the raging leucistic river, comes the one, the only, Gecko Nation Radio. Welcome to another edition of Gecko Nation Radio. Today is February 14th, 2016. And uh, it's a sad but true fact that today there are animals being tortured, mutilated, uh, skinned, and having their hearts eaten and stuff like this in the name of education or entertainment, I should say. And uh, now, if this is appalling to you, it should be. Um, but the sad fact is, it's happening with rattlesnakes. It's not happening with cute and furry dogs or cats here in America like you'd think. Uh, it, like it happens in Korea or uh, China. I mean, uh, those people really have very little regard for animals, a lot of those people. Um, so where's PETA? Where's uh, HSUS when it comes to these horrendous, uh, unevolved acts of human behavior that are going on still today? It's a good question. Well, tonight we're going to talk with Ray Autry. Uh, he's down in Texas, and uh, he's uh, also the founder of Rise Against Rattlesnake Roundups. And um, we're going to, for those of you guys that don't know about this this uh, issue, this uh, this this practice that still goes on. We're going to bring you up to speed about it in the beginning of the show, and then uh, I'm going to let Ray have the floor, and he's going to talk about uh, topics that he uh, has planned for tonight. So um, sit back, relax, and maybe have a drink for this one. Uh, it's uh, maybe get graphic. I'm putting a few links to Ray's YouTube channel in the chat room for you guys to check out, and uh, I'll also post one on the uh, the Gecko Nation radio page, too, because I think it's, uh, I think everybody should be aware of this. I mean, some people are going to be shocked that this goes on. A lot of us in the reptile community already know about it. It's really no secret, but uh, a lot of you new folks are going to be like, what the hell? I can't believe this is happening. Well, it is. All right. Well, before we get started, of course, Gecko Nation radio would not be possible without our amazing sponsors and uh, these folks really are the best at what they do, the best breeders, best businesses to deal with. Don't ever feel you're going to get ripped off or anything from any of these folks. These are just fantastic people to work with. Uh, personally, I found out all the good people in this hobby from getting screwed over by all the bad ones and the bad businesses. So uh, these folks, you can rest assured, will take care of you very well. And, of course, mention the show when you do business with them. They'll hook you up. <clears throat> all right. First one off the bat, and our oldest in, uh, well, they were with us at the very beginning. The oldest sponsor was Dale's Bearded Dragons. Check out DVDPet.com. They are quickly becoming one of the nation's largest reptile supply distributors. Uh, They have anything you need from exoterra lighting, heating, supplements, uh, fogger systems, waterfalls, food bowls, anything you need. Bearded Dragon supplies, uh, UV lights, 
heat lamps, anything. All kinds of cool uh, decorations for your tanks and cages. CBDPet.com, they also have an app now that's really easy to use in the app stores. So check that out. Use the code GNR5 with them at checkout for a discount on your order. And it's uh, it's a good good discount, too. I believe it's at least 10% now. So, And if you see them at any of the reptile expos in the Northeast, they're anywhere from uh, Baltimore all the way up to New Hampshire. Mention the show. They're, they're the most prominent presence there for reptile supplies at any of these expos now. So mention the show. You're going to get 10% off at the show at an expo on any other supplies. That's a good deal. You're already getting a good deal anyway because there's prices are unbelievable. And uh, they're even better at expos, but uh, another 10% off sure doesn't hurt, especially in these times. All right, Mr. Ron Tremper, you know him, you love him. He's been helping us with leopard geckos for a long time. If it wasn't for Ron, we certainly would not be having so much fun with these guys. Check out his available page at leopardgecko.com for some amazing leopard geckos, Diablo, Blancos, Bandits, Emmerines, Raptors, you name it. Good stuff. That's leopardgecko.com. He's also got a great app for you on the App Store. It's called LG Pro. That's Leopard Gecko Pro, but it's pronounced uh, on the App Store. It's LG Pro. So look for that in the App Store. And he also has Leopard Gecko Care app as well, which is like a uh, Leopard Gecko handbook on your cell phone. All right. Of course, Supreme Gecko. Mr. Wally Kern does a fantastic job over there with day geckos and cresties and supplies and all kinds of great information on the site. So make sure you check out SupremeGecko.com. And Ohio Gecko, Mr. Fad, with his awesome tangerines, snows, and starburst fat tails. That's OhioGecko.com. Check him out. Also check out the fantastic forum that he runs. That's uh, Gecko Forums. GeckoForums.net. And while I'm at it, I want to mention a couple of radio shows that you might like. If you like our show, check out Herp and Time Radio. Check out Morelia Python Radio. And check out Corn on the Pod. All I hear on Blog Talk as well. Great shows. All right. And, of course, we have Mr. John Scarborough from Gecko Boa Reptiles. That's Gecko. If you guys are interested in very high-end leopard gecko morphs and that are completely unique to his collection. And, of course, uh, he specializes in wild types, subspecies of leopard geckos. So check that out at geckoboa.com. And he's on Facebook at Ge- Gecko Boa Reptiles. All right. And sooner or later, you've got feed. You to feed all your critters, right? You've got to feed them. Go with Rainbow Mealworms. Rainbow Mealworms has the best pricing, customer service on mealworms, superworms, and all kinds of other insects for your insect-eating reptiles. That's rainbowmealworms.net. And, of course, AB Dragons. abdragons.com. If you guys need dubia roaches or any other kind of roaches now, they have so many different varieties, check out abdragons.com. Use the code GECKO, all in caps at checkout, for 5% off your order. Actually, I think he bumped it up to 10% off. So uh, that's GECKO, all in caps, with abdragons.com. All right, and sooner or later, you're going to have to ship some of your offspring because your customers aren't always going to be around the corner from you. So... Definitely go with the best prices for FedEx labels and the best shipping supplies. That's reptilesexpress.com. Check out reptilesexpress.com. Ask for Amy if you have any questions. Uh, it's free membership, and she can help you out with anything you need. Uh, oh, I love sea serpents. Sea serpents racks are awesome. Uh, I've never seen a rack manufacturer's business just boom very quickly, and that is seaserpents.com. Uh, High-quality racks made with real flex heat tape, Made in America, 
very good stuff. And he also has hotboxincubators.com. So you need a really nice incubator. Hotbox is the way to go. All right, a couple more here. We have Reptile Stickers, reptilestickers.com. If you guys need promotional materials for your uh, business or your operation, need some graphic design work, definitely check out reptilestickers.com and ask for Rachel. She'll totally help you out. And uh, let's see. I think that's it for our sponsors. Okay? Great. All right. About 10 minutes into the show now, and I see uh, Ray is on the line. Uh, we're going to go ahead and bring him on. Mr. Ray Autry from Rise Against Rattlesnake Roundups. You're live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hey, Dave. Uh, thanks uh, for having me, Mr. Kelly. It's a real honor to uh, be invited onto your show. Oh, I'm very happy to have you, Ray. This has been a topic that, you know, gets uh, gets our blood boiling every once in a while, and, uh, you know, it's uh, yeah, I'm glad you're able to give us some of your insight into what you've been doing for a while now to raise awareness on this uh, this horrendous practice that still goes on. Um, why don't we start with uh, giving us a little bit of your background, where you're from, and how you uh, discovered these roundups, and what made you decide to uh, start speaking out about them? Okay, um, I uh, I'm actually in Oklahoma, not Texas. Oh, okay, I'm I'm sorry. I thought you were in Texas. Okay, that, that that's fine. But um, Oklahoma is host to seven or eight Roundups. Uh, three mm -hmm. of them are rival size of Sweetwater, and just to give you an idea. Yeah, Sweetwater is the big one in Texas, right? Right, and uh, yep. the, the ones in Oklahoma often fly under the radar, and. Uh, being in Oklahoma, I you know I grew up as um, as a kid in a suburb of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I had a grandmother I spent a lot of time with when I was younger, and she was always catching garter snakes and crayfish snakes and showing them to me and telling me you know how to tell the difference between you know a, a garter snake and a copperhead, and uh, we watched mm -hmm. a lot of nature programming at, at her house. I mean, if it was the TV was on, it was it's back in the 70s. It was usually, you know, Nova or Nature or something like that. And oh, yeah, I remember it quite day, well. Like, I was born in 76, and I grew up on those shows. Right. Well, uh, in 1977, there was a Nat Geo special on, on PBS. It was called The Animals Nobody Loved. And it featured um, wild mustangs, coyotes, and rattlesnakes. And it was uh, an expose into what people in, you know, the western part of the United States were doing to eradicate these animals. And that was the first time I ever saw anything about rattlesnake roundups, and I was I was six years old. And oh, wow. I knew, and I knew from the moment I saw them guys on TV cutting up and skinning them snakes, I thought, there's something not right about this. And one of these days I'm going to Damn do something about it. Right. And, uh, you know, from there, it kind of was always in the back of my head, but I never really had an idea as to what to do. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the idea yeah, like, was there. The speed. Yeah, where do you start? Like, how do you start, you know, attacking it? Exactly. Well, so what did, what did you fast do? Fast forward a few years from there, and uh, mm -hmm. this thing called Facebook came along. And, the, you know, I... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I found this uh, group called Rise Against Rattlesnake Roundups. It's actually started by a guy 
named Jared who grew up in the middle of the War Rico, Oklahoma, rattlesnake roundup. And uh, they're one of the ones that do the mouse sewing. They do some, you know, kind of pretty heinous stuff down there, in addition to all the butchering and skinning. And uh, he had started the group, and it was a few hundred people when I jumped in. And, you know, I kind of learned some things from him. And uh, he he kind of, you know, took a detour in his life, went off to pursue a, a Ph.D. at a university back east in zoology. And I kind of, you know, felt like, you know, my my partner, Bill Rulon Miller, uh, who was listening, he was there at the time, and he hit a lot of the roundups back east. Uh, a lot of those have, in Pennsylvania have reformed into uh, no-kill festivals. Well, you know, we're talking, and he's like, well, you know, you're in Oklahoma, you know, and we thought, yeah, you know, I need to start getting to some of the ones in Oklahoma because if we're gonna if we're gonna stage any kind of front against these things or oppose them, we need to we need to kind of know what we're talking about. We need we need stuff. We need information. And so in 2009, I started uh you know loading up the card and heading west every spring and getting to some of these festivals. Mm-hmm. So you've been able and, to procure some very good insider video with hidden cameras and whatnot, right? Uh, yeah, well, usually the cameras weren't hidden. Usually it was a cell phone camera or Sony bloggy. And, uh, you know, we okay. would just, um, you know, I'd just uh, go in and just, you know, let the camera run. And what what I look back on is, is thinking, you know, I, I right before I would change a scene or start to video something else in one of these, because, I mean, everyone had their cell phones out and were doing it anyway. I didn't look suspicious. But, okay. you know, right before something you know, I would get ready to switch. You know, someone would do something amazing and we'd get it on video. Like uh hearing the beating heart of a of a rattlesnake, right? Yeah, we got um we've got people in Mangum, Oklahoma eating rattlesnake hearts and gallbladders, um and you know, chasing them with beer and stuff like that. And Oh my god. You know, we got one gentleman's confession of how they you know, sew a snake's mouth shut in Apache, Oklahoma. And I was going to take the camera right off of him when he was telling the crowd how they do it. And I just left the camera on him. I don't know why, but I ended up getting, like, this entire confession to what is a felony act of animal cruelty per Oklahoma State Statute 1685, which uh, basically states you cannot maim an animal. You can shoot it, you can kill it, you can whack it in the head, but you can't sit there and torture it just because you want to. Yeah, and we got started, you know, getting noticed by a few attorneys who were kind of sympathetic to the cause, and they were the ones that called us up and told us, hey, you know, what these people are doing is a felony crime, and that kind of threw a whole new new light on the ball game. Mm-hmm. How do you think they got away with it so long? I mean, um, doesn't didn't law enforcement take notice of this? I mean. How did it survive as long as it as it has? Well, you know, you have to look at it like this. A lot of the communities that host these events, their law enforcement is very sparse. They don't have a lot of taxpayer base, and and some of them are are getting some of the money from the money raised at the roundups, and that's probably how some of these people uh, fund their law enforcement. I know that the mm-hmm. um, the Warica. Oklahoma Roundup funds the Warica 
volunteer fire department. So that kind of, you know, tells you that, you know, the the fire department's all volunteer. Nobody's getting a paycheck. And, you know, this is how they raise a lot of money to keep that stuff going. So it kind of makes it a hard sell when you want to say, hey, you guys need to knock this stuff off. You know, they're they're like, well, you know, this is where we get our money from, you know. And so you, you face some resistance that way. But a lot of this stuff, you know, just goes on in these, like, real small towns. And it has for years. A, a lot of people think of, um, you know, the Rattlesnake Roundup as, you know, they, everybody thinks of Sweetwater. Well, Sweetwater actually started about 20 years after the Okeen, Oklahoma, Rattlesnake Roundup, which was the first organized one in the nation that we that we know of, that we have good good info on. You know, these things happen in these communities for years, and nobody cares. Uh, but now there's now there's the internet. Now I can take a picture or a video and email it to someone in California or Canada or you know Holland, and you can kind of stir an international outrage. Yep, and that's certainly what's happened. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's. it's uh, I'm still. I still can't believe that it's still going on. I, I just can't believe that in this day and age. Well, you know, um, a lot of these communities are. Are there's there's great people living in these communities. There's great people participating in these festivals. I I know we want to be perceived as the guy who's attacking them personally. But some of the things they do to animals in the name of, you know, making money or entertainment, like you said, if it was a dog or a cat, you know, someone, you know, would have, um, you know, there'd been federal lawsuits, there had been, you know, there'd been on 60 Minutes, you know, it just would have gained a lot more notoriety. But because it's a snake, because it's a reptile, PETA doesn't care, HSUS looks at it and says there's no money for us here, you, you know what I mean? And yes. so it kind of it, it kind of gets swept under the rug. So unfortunate, it really is. It really is. We are seeing some we are seeing some progress though, right? We are. Um, you know, we've we've kind of seen some things. Uh, one of the mission statements of the Rise Against Rattlesnake Roundups group was, you know, it was formed by Jared in Warica, and he you know wrote this mission statement about you know, approaching these people with respect to earn their respect and to open up dialogue. Um, you know, and, and that, that really has been a, a winning combination over the years because as, you know, as we have kind of tried things, we might try this and it doesn't work, we might try that and it doesn't work, uh, making friends with some of these people and uh, telling them, hey, you know, guys, um, if you if you take all the females, you know you're you're not going to have any for next year, or you know you need to do this or that, and and doing so as their friend and not attacking them and not putting them down, has to me been something where I've seen it get through to some people. That's a tough one for me. I mean, you know, the, the guy that's clearly eating the beating heart of a rattlesnake on the video. It, uh, I, how do you, I, how do you be nice to that kind of guy? I don't know. <laughs> well, well, it 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 takes a certain personality, and um, <laughs> you know, and and I I was I was I was the type of kid that you know, my parents would get called down to the school, and you know, your son's in trouble. Well, what did he do? Was some kid killed, you know, a, a, a green snake on the playground, and your son beat the snot out of him? 
you know, <laughs> that was me. And it, it's def- definitely something that will enrage you, but you, you look at the fact that if you can get past all that, get information, and and kind of get some stuff together to form an argument, you can approach it intelligently and without the emotion, and then you stand a chance of, um, you know, getting these people to listen to you. Because if you just come at them like, you know, your average PETA supporter and just scream bloody murder, they're just going to shut you off as an extremist. If, if you come to these people and say, look, I care about your community, um, I don't want to see you guys lose money, I do want to see animals get treated better, here's some things that we think could be alternatives. Why don't you think about it? You know, I'm... You know, we're you know that's just kind of what we try to put out there, and that's mm-hmm. that's showing some some good results in some certain uh, West Texas communities at some of the smaller Texas ones, and um, some of the o- some of the Oklahoma ones seem to have um, taken some notice of that, uh, although not all of them. You know, so it's still a battle. Well, you know these these rattlesnakes, um, they must be really prolific in order to have survived I don't know how many decades this has been going on like this but uh, they they must be very prolific to for them to be able to keep rounding up that many year after year. Have you noticed if their roundup amounts have been declining at all? Well you know the um, the largest documented one was in 1982 Sweetwater, Texas took in 18,000 pounds of rattlesnakes Oh now, that's 1982, wow. and yeah, and and it's it's went down from there. From there, you know, we don't have a lot of good information on a lot of the Oklahoma ones and some of the other Texas ones. But what we're hearing from hunters when I go to these things is that well, we had to go, you know, five hours away to find any snakes this year. We had to go to New Mexico, or you know, or, and some of the ones in northern Oklahoma get some of their snakes from Texas. So. It is kind of showing that, at least in a regional aspect, that these uh, events are kind of having a negative effect, uh, you know, on the environment and the numbers of snakes that um, are out there. But, the, you know, another another piece of good news is the, the roundups themselves historically on the decline. In the 1970s in Texas, and this is cited from the Texas Rattlesnake Roundups book by Clark and Adams, there were over 44 rattlesnake roundups in Texas. They were all over the place. Today, there's uh, less than eight. Okay. Now, when they go out to round these animals up, how exactly are they doing it, Ray, for people that don't know? Well, it, it kind of it really depends, and every hunting team is different. But some of the things that we've heard about and seen and talk to people, and, and sometimes ex-hunters have came to us and told us uh, that the eastern ones, like in Georgia and Alabama, uh, you know, they used to gas, go for tortoise burrows. So, you know, which is, what they do is they take a tube and they take, uh, you know, gasoline, put it in a spray pump, shoot it down a tortoise burrow. Well, it flushes out rattlesnakes, um, you know, indigo snakes, probably kills the gopher tortoises, and I would imagine it kills any amphibians that are down there. But that's how, you know, they do it. Well, you know, gassing, I think, was banned in Alabama 
some time back, uh, and I've heard it still goes on, but then they switched to treble hooks for a while. They'd put like a fishing hook with three prongs on it on the end of a pole, shoot it down a burrow, and then they'd kind of, you know, once they felt a rattlesnake, they'd hook it and pull it out. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and right now there's a big controversy going on in Texas uh, about making gassing, burrow gassing illegal. And uh, a guy named Bill Rulon Miller, I'm sure you know who he is. I've heard of him. Yeah, he um, he's uh, he's up in Pennsylvania, and he uh, started a petition about three years ago to uh, you know get the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department to reexamine burrow gassing as an issue. And mm-hmm. what we kind of found out was you know we talked back and forth what do we want to do with this petition, and you know we thought do we get a bunch of signatures or do we get you know fifty of the top scientists we can find to sign this thing. Well, we went the latter route, got the signatures from the scientists and Bill uh, um, and some people he knew, you know, wrote the petition, turned it in, and uh, Texas Parks and Wildlife actually opened it up and took it seriously. And they formed a snake harvest working group. And for two years now, they've been researching the effects of burrow gassing on rattlesnakes and other non-target wildlife. And they just recently released a study that's like 20-some pages long, and it's posted on the Rise Against Rattlesnake Roundup's Facebook page. But, you know, they um, they still haven't come to a conclusion, which kind of, to me, seems like, you know, we still don't want to say this is bad because it could really adversely affect the state's largest roundup. Yes, the money factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, Sweetwater, Sweetwater, Texas. All, they they put out a um, they put out a um, financial study prepared by a CPA. I think it was by a CPA firm this year and published it, knowing that they were kind of under pressure about this stuff. And you know the you know the Sweetwater, Texas rattlesnake roundup, which is the best known in the world, easily you know, brings in $13, $14 million into this little town in Texas every year. So what's a few rattlesnakes yeah. when you're getting all these dollars, you know? Hmm. Well, you know, just the fact that they're, they're stalling on that and uh, all the money that's being made, I mean, what what kind of resistance have you personally heard about or seen um, with anybody that's been trying to make a difference with these things. And, I mean, you disappeared for a while off Facebook. We didn't know where you were. And I, I, I think I was joking with Justin Geyer one day. I was like, maybe maybe the Texas boys buried him out in the desert somewhere. I don't know. I mean, are you, is there anything like that to worry about, do you think? I mean, with, with all the, the people that are involved in these things? Well, uh, there's there's that to worry about. There's... There's people in Oklahoma who um, really hate my guts. Uh, you know, I'm uh, ch- I'm chasing around some elderly parents right now, and um, you know, my dad tells me one day I go out there, he's like, I'm getting these strange phone calls from people I don't know, and I'm like, you know, what are you know wh- what do you mean? And he's like, they're asking me if you know your son's involved in trying to stop hunting in Oklahoma, 
and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> it's like there, you know, there kind of there's some there's been some stuff like that go on. Uh, there's mm-hmm. there's been some threats made, but you know, it's kind of like you kind of take these things in stride. Because what kind of threats, if I may ask, Ray? Uh, I've had um, people, you know, you know, we're going to break your neck if you show up in our town, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's you know from some Facebook troll page, you know, person okay. that you can't really can't really identify or make serious. And then mm-hmm. you know yeah. later on you become you become friends with someone from a roundup community who who realizes that you are rational and you don't want to just totally, you know, screw their town out of the money. And you talk to them and you say, you know this name? And they're like, no, never heard of him. And then they might pop up, well, this guy over here, yeah, he really does hate you. And he is real. And don't worry, if ever you come down again, we'll we'll keep an eye on him. You know. So. <laughs> wow. So there is a yeah, little so, risk involved. Well, you know, there there is. Um, the, the funny thing about it is you go off into these towns with the express purpose of getting something that makes what they're doing look bad. Uh, to me, it's it's not that it looks bad; it's that it is bad. And oh, yeah, you know, if it, and you know, usually anymore, if if I go do something like that, which I haven't been out in a couple of years, and I don't, I don't know when I'll get back out. But you know, there the last couple of years, people started recognizing who I was. And so it's like, okay, we can't do this without you know a security guy. Or you know some people we know from the area in in town because you know what you know what if someone you know <laughs> you know grabs you or something drags you behind a building shoots you I mean you know things like that can happen in rural areas and yes, I'm not they say can. it was ever hmm? well I'm saying yes they can they certainly do happen <laughs> right and I'm not going to say it was ever necessarily something that we really let us let it worry us or me or any of the other people that were involved in this. But, you know, it was kind of always in the back of our minds. Yeah. So you you approached it with respect. And, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, you're a better man than me. I mean, I I, I probably wouldn't go down there hot-headed, but I, it would it would take a lot of effort for me to keep my cool or actually just to be able to sit there and watch it, you know, and, and like, feel powerless to really stop it. I mean... You know, I mean, it it takes an enlightened mind, Ray, to to do what you've done. Uh, I'll give you a lot of credit for that. Well, well, I appreciate that. I um, you know, it it, it infuriates me to to see someone kill a snake for no reason, uh, mm-hmm. especially when it's one that wasn't you know putting anyone in any danger. But you also, you know, being from Oklahoma, you grow up around agriculture, and so you know, like. I can watch a cow or a you know a pig being skinned or slaughtered, and it doesn't phase me. And it's kind of the rattlesnakes bother me a little more. But then again, I'm a snake hugger, so <laughs> you know it's it's going to affect me a little more. I, I think about like Michael Vick, you know, NFL player, when it hit that he was fighting dogs, everybody was you know screaming for his head. You know, because yeah. how could he hurt all these innocent dogs? Well, it was a dog, and we and what these people don't understand is we as reptile lovers feel the same thing when you're chopping up a bunch of snakes and making them into, into hats and belts that nobody really needs. And you know, it's just it's a tough gig, but you know, I'll be the first to tell you it's it's nerve wracking to go, 
And um, a lot of times we've used other people, uh, people whose names are, you know, nowhere noticeable in the reptile community, people who are involved with other, you know, wildlife conservation organizations go and get some of this video for us and uh, they don't stand out and they're not recognized. And they're also, you know, like maybe they're an owl or a hawk rehabber or, you know, they, you know, help, you know, sick opossums or skunks or something like that. And they they approach it from purely a conservation standpoint where I'm going in to do this to get video to get out, you know, to help this cause because it's hurting the environment. And they might not even be fond of snakes themselves. Right. What are some of the threats to the environment and to the people uh, that live in these areas should the ecosystem lose rattlesnakes completely? Well, you know, that's one thing that I, I think about often uh, because I'm hearing of, you know, hantavirus, things like that, other rodent-borne diseases, or I should, yeah. should I say rodent vector diseases, popping back up in the southwest. Um you know that you can take a like a single rattlesnake and he's going to eat 15 to 20 rodents a year, maybe more, maybe less. just kind of depends on weather and biology and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. They're not highly prolific animals as I understand them. They don't always, I, I don't think they breed every year. Uh, they, you know, I've seen, I've seen gravid females that have been slaughtered that had, um, you know, 11 to 12 follicles in them. So I don't know that these things are just horribly reproductive, but you look at the, you know, for each rattlesnake you kill, you might have let another, you know, 20 rats or mice run free, and then they reproduce, and the numbers can become astronomical. And then next thing you know, they're they're getting into your house, and, you know, there's all kinds of rodent vector diseases that are really bad for people and that over the course of history have killed more people than venomous snakes ever will. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Hmm. Well, you know, you say that they're not that prolific, but so what do you think they're doing? I mean, mean, obviously they're on the decline. You said that, but um, are they traveling further out to get them these days? I mean, they're going further away to the field to find them because... You know, Sweetwater is still getting record numbers every year, aren't they? No, they're um, they're not nearly getting as many as they used to. Um, I think last year they took in around 3,800 pounds, and uh, that's okay. kind of been an average. The year I was down there, uh, they took in, I think, 2,160 pounds. Now, okay. one thing that, I, right. that I have seen and have actually you know, snagged video of because I was at, you know, the O'Keen Roundup in, in northern Oklahoma. This is up by the Kansas border. And uh, this one kid tells me, well, you see that big one over there, and he points to this big female. I go, yeah. He goes, we got her from Texas. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, well, you, you're getting your bigger snakes from out of the area because you've probably wiped a lot of them out here. And, yeah, you know, like, yeah, and it's um, it's kind of, uh, you know, we've, I watched um, the entire series of Rattlesnake Republic on um, the Animal Planet channel when it was on, just kind of for research purposes. And you'd have these characters from the Sweetwater JCs that were on there that said, well, we had to drive four hours to find any rattlesnakes. Well, hang on. The reason you're having this festival is because they're coming into your backyards and attacking your children. So something's not washing here. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Definitely. And, well, that makes sense. Right. So there, there is an, so there is definitely uh, that's the number of speakers. Oh, there's got to be a decline in those areas in the wild population. Well, I, I believe I believe there is. Um, although I don't think there's a lot of good data out there on it because. You know, it's just not something that game departments have spent and invested a lot of time in. Do you know the numbers among how many rattlesnakes bite someone or kill someone? I mean, uh, aren't they rarely fatal? I mean, I know people can, you know, get terribly uh, sick and lose limbs and stuff, but a lot of people survive from rattlesnake bites, right? I think I think I've heard numbers in um, these. Um, or, uh, you know, I don't have any citations ready for you, so you know, kind of take them with a grain of salt. But I've heard, you know, three thousand yeah, people in the United States get bit by venomous snakes every year. Now, what we look at is less than ten of them die, and the United States apparently has become very good at treating snake bite. Um, we've got good anti-venom, we've got good hospitals, and it's just death from snake bite wasn't or isn't rare today. Whereas, you know, back in the 30s, in these remote towns where people, you know, were farming and stuff, you know, you'd have to go by, maybe by horseback or something, two hours, four hours to the nearest hospital to get treated if you were bit. So, uh, one time in, in history, these, these festivals or, or killing contests or whatever might have made a little more sense. I don't think they make a lot of sense today. I think it's just a money thing. Well, I mean, I can understand a farmer's concern about, you know, their children. Like, you know, a lot of farmers are very busy trying to make ends meet. And, uh, they're, you know, their children are allowed to play in the fields and run around and stuff. And I'm sure they are concerned about them flipping over a rock and really not knowing what they're doing and maybe getting bit. But, I, I mean, how? I mean, if you educate your children and uh, while they're young and, um and if you're, you know, I don't know if you if they know if if you know your land pretty well and stuff like that. I mean, I I don't know what the statistics are on children getting bit, but I'm sure there's. I mean, it's probably very very low. Well, right? I mean, you know, I I I know it happens. I I see the odd case that flies by where you know, kid is playing in his yard, and gets bit by you know a copperhead or a rattlesnake. I know those events happen. But they yeah. don't happen real huh. often. Now, now, what we do know is that a lot of these roundups, sometimes two or three people get bit in a year. Uh, After roundups, they're doing right. things. Yeah, they're doing things with these yeah. animals that they really probably, you know, don't have business doing, or coming into mm-hmm. close contact with them. And then another another factor that weighs into who gets bit by snakes um, is, you know, a lot of times. Uh, alcohol is involved, uh, you know, well, and people, and and stuff like that. So, so you have these kind of factors that, you know, why why is it you know predominantly eighteen to thirty year old males are getting bit by venomous snakes in this country? Oh, and then you know the numbers we hear, you know, once again not a citable resource, but eighty percent of those involve alcohol. Well, that kind of you know tells you that you know some people are maybe doing something stupid or something they shouldn't have and not showing the animal the, the respect it deserves. Speaking of the respect it deserves, let's just talk briefly. We don't have to go into too much graphics, but let's uh, people can see for themselves on your YouTube channel. I posted a link, folks, 
to Ray's YouTube channel on the Gecko Nation radio page if you'd like to uh, check out some of his, his videos. And keep in mind, there's graphic uh, a video of uh, these poor animals uh, going through some you know horrific ordeals. Um, Ray, let's just talk briefly about some of the things that gets done to these animals, or you know, in the name of entertainment and so-called education of these these rabbits. Well, the majority of the rattlesnakes that you see at a rattlesnake roundup are caught sometimes maybe even a month before the roundup occurs. They're kept in wooden boxes in people's garages, no access to any food or water. We all know a rattlesnake can go a month without eating and not phase it, but the water's a little little testy. And yeah. then then they're dumped into a pit at many of these roundups where they're, you know, they don't have any access to shelter and, you know, they're exposed to a lot of bright lights and things that, you know, that they don't, they don't like and causes them stress. Um, well, then you get over to some of the ones like Oklahoma where, you know, there's three roundups in Oklahoma, or I should say two that I know as of today will be mouse sowing. And they'll take a rattlesnake, stick it in the freezer for two hours, is what the guy told me, to slow its metabolism down and to, you know, induce like a hibernation kind of state. And then they'll, you know, pull it out, and it's slow, it's sluggish. And then they yank its fangs out with the pliers, and they sew its mouth shut. And uh, one of our photographs of that just recently made a lot of circulation Again, as I understand it, and um, you know, it's it's just it's it's really kind of a heinous practice when they do this, so people can have their picture taken with a live rattlesnake, and it's actually had its fangs removed and its mouth sewn shut, so it can't bite you. Now the rattlesnake dies from this kind of treatment. Um, y- you know, it's it's I've seen them, I've seen them, you know, and I've and I've held them. And they, you know, they're they're fine for about an hour or two, and then they start getting, you know, limp and lifeless, and then they just switch it out with another one. So sad. And they cut the heads off to show how long the head will live not being attached to the body, right? I mean, I've seen that. Yeah, um, a lot of them, a lot of them do that. Um, most of them take a machete or an axe, then they chop the head off on a chopping block, and they make a show of it. And um, some places, you know, the local school buses take field trips to these things. That's and, crazy. Like, in the name of conservation or in the name of environmental science. And oh, it just God. appears like they're brainwashing these kids from an early age. Oh, man. And, it, it makes no sense. Yeah. yeah, it really doesn't. It's sad. Jeez. Well, have you ever confronted the mad butcher of Mangum? Um, well, no, I just sit there. I just, I had never confronted him personally. I just uh, sat there and had a camera in his face for a couple of, hour, couple of hours one time. And um, <laughs> real nice guy. Uh, you know, he just, um, he just actually heads off snakes. He seemed like um, kind of a simple fellow and just, you know, this is what he does in this town and this is part of his gig and, Maybe makes a little money out of it or something, but um, you know the guy the guy wipes the heads off snakes and um, you know then passes out their internal organs and 
you know, people dare each other to eat them raw and stuff, and they do this. And, you know, how how the State Department of Health is letting this go on is another thing. Yeah. But, you know, it, 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 I've got, I mean, you can see it. And I, I saw some comments from the president of the Brownwood, Texas JCs, that stated that they kill that they don't kill any rattlesnakes at their roundup anymore, and they don't. I think they serve snake meat, but it's processed somewhere off-site, and they don't make any show of the killing anymore. And and it was from one of those incidents where someone you know ate like a you know a raw rattlesnake heart, and they didn't want their roundup being connected with that. And uh, I believe it was some comments on Ori Martin's YouTube channel, and you know, and he made this whole statement: we don't do this, we don't do that, we don't do this, we don't do that. And some of the West Texas ones, the smaller ones, not Sweetwater, but like um, you know Oglesby, it's coming up Brownwood. They seem like they may be moving in a more positive direction, and sure, they still do some things that are irresponsible, like you know, getting in the sleeping bag with snakes or getting in a bathtub with 150 rattlesnakes. And but you know, if they're not making a show of the killing, to me, that's that's progress. Some people will argue that, but to me, that's progress. Yeah, I agree. And the more that we can. Uh, raise awareness, even if it's sharing that picture. I've seen that picture float around with the with the rattlesnake's mouth on shut. I've seen it on Facebook quite a bit at, at times. And, uh, the more people we can make awareness, the better. I mean, that's that's uh, more people get enlightened to the fact that this is even going on. And then once people and uh, you know, especially young people, I think are going to be more easier to you know change their minds or at least enlighten them about how how terrible this really is. I mean, that's what I think is going to happen. And I, I think slowly or surely we will see an end to these. Uh, what do you think? How long, how many more years do you think these guys will be able to pull this off like this? Well, I, you know, it, it's kind of funny. Uh, Big Spring, Texas is dark this year. Uh, it's not happening. And it's, it was around that it went on for years. And, Two years ago, they couldn't get the building that they normally used, and this year, I don't think they could get the building again. So, I mean, it may be in its death throes as we speak. Um, I talked to a gentleman who's actually a, um, a former Taylor JC who did the Taylor, Texas roundup, and me and him have become quite good friends, and I've got quite a bit of respect for him because he's kind of given me the honest, the honest scoop on a lot of things. And Taylor mm-hmm. recently went dark, and you know, no one's interested in it. And I believe what's happening is less people are living in the country now than they used to, and they're moving out, and then people are becoming more ecologically aware. And, you know, so we're seeing we're seeing a shift. It's just a slow one. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of the roundups, um, like, like Apache, Oklahoma, sticks out in my mind. Uh, you know, a few years ago, I didn't think it was going to last another 10 years. Well, now, the last two years, they've brought in record numbers of snakes, at least according to local media sources. But, you know, the gentleman that runs that and is kind of the head figure behind it, when, you know, I'm, when he passes away, will his, you know, will the kids and the community behind him carry it on? And that those are things you, you kind of look at because I think generationally some more more and more of these will die out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right about is, that. Yeah, it's um, and a lot of people you know are constantly you know 
throwing arrows at us in Rising Against Rattlesnake Roundups, and what do you do? What do you do? And you know, and I, you know, I help children or you know students. I should say, you know, usually sixth grade to twelfth grade write papers on rattlesnake roundups. I get them information. I get them some stuff that they can use to cite. And, you know, and and I've probably helped 50 kids write papers for their biology and ecology classes. And, uh, you know, it's a topic that's kind of, it's out there. And I'd like to think that we had a hand in raising some of that awareness. Um, Oh, absolutely. going on. But the internet, you know, being what it is, you know, now we've got, you know, people like Bob Irwin in Australia speaking out against it. You know, so I mean, to me it's 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 a good thing. I bet you the folks down in Australia, I bet you they don't do anything like this. I can't see that happening down there. Am I right? Well, you know, I've got a I've got a I've got a mate that I stay in contact with down there named Colin Riddell, who's good friends with Bob Irwin. And they do what what their problem in Australia appears to be dugongs and sea turtles, and, and there's some kind of native title act where even though these animals are endangered, Aboriginal people can still hunt them. And they're uh, and it's like snakes snakes don't get bothered down there. It, it doesn't look like snakes have anything to worry about. But if you're a sea turtle or a, dug, or a dugong, which is an aquatic mammal, you know it looks like you've got something to worry about. Mm. Interesting. And yeah, you know, there's uh, there's atro- there's atrocities in in China, like the Yulin Dog Dog Festival. Oh God! Don't even get me started on that. Oh my God! I wish <laughs> I could do something about that. Well, and, and yeah, and I mean, so there's things all over the world. It just kind of seems to be a different animal everywhere you go. Yeah. That. I'm a dog lover. I mean, I I love all animals, and honestly, Gray, I, I I actually could see myself someday going vegan. I really do. I just, you know, I see videos of, uh, you know, pigs, you know, going to slaughter and stuff, and I see like there's that dog festival and things. It just, oh, I mean, I'm thinking to myself, you know, these are living, conscious life forms. What are we doing to these poor things? I mean, there's got to be a better way to. I mean, I I can't see giving up meat completely, and I know a lot of people can't, but there's got to be a better better way to, you know, put these animals down. I I mean, it's 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 crazy. Well, I, I'm I'm an outdoorsman, and I have no problem with responsible hunting and fishing. And you know, if you're going to go out in the woods and shoot a deer, um. And, and use the meat, use it for meat. You know, I don't have a problem with you. Now, if you go and shoot a hundred, yeah. if you shoot a hundred deer, that's where I'm going to have a problem. And <laughs> and, and you know, I've, I I have thought the same thing. You know, because you do see the slaughterhouse videos, and mm-hmm. um, you know, going vegan is something that's like in a lot of people's minds just because of you know what we're hearing about the meat industry and its toll on the environment. That's it. So I yeah. mean, yeah. So I mean, I think, but I think me and Justin Geyer went on a vegan challenge, and I don't think either of us lasted three days. So <laughs> maybe we'll have to revisit that at some point. <laughs> well, yeah, I was watching a, uh, a documentary. It's on Netflix. If anybody wants to watch it, it's called Cowspiracy, and uh, very interesting documentary of how and how the 
the animal meat industry is worse for the rainforest and the environment than, you know, the, the paper and oil and everything else. I mean, it's the, it's the, it's the putting the most pressure on, on those resources and nobody's really addressing it. Right. Um, you're starting to see make some awareness about. Right, you're starting to see some awareness about you know things like palm oil consumption, and yep, and the yep. meat industry, and so that's you know, I, I think the free range stuff could be a huge, you know, deal in the years to come, and you know, buying locally and things like that, um, as well as reducing your meat consumption. But you know, me personally, I'm not there yet. You know, I still like a, a steak. And the mm-hmm. difference between, you know, liking a steak and, you know, just slaughtering a bunch of wild animals is those animals are domesticated for that purpose. Why these roundup towns are not farming rattlesnakes versus going out and hunting them is something that I can't comprehend. Hmm. That's an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah, they could, uh, I guess they could set up a. Uh cages and start breeding them like we uh, breed ball pythons, you know. Well, uh, either that or, you know, create a fake den site and, you know, and and that way not be depleting wild populations from further and further out because you've wiped out all the ones close to home. Yeah, that's true. That's an interesting point. Uh, I don't know if they, uh, I think they're too lazy for that, you know, I think it's easier just to send some boys out in the field to gather them up. Well, well, we know they sell the we know they sell the meat. We know they sell the rattlesnake meat from that they collect from these festivals. Um, how that affects you know states' health codes and the USDA and things like that is is another mystery to me because you wouldn't think that you could um, you know gas a, a burrow full of rattlesnakes and that meat be safe for consumption. Um, they're probably actually researching that, too. But, you know, it's going on. And we've heard of, you know, we know that um, the uh, Asian medicine market buys a lot of the gallbladders of rattlesnakes. Mm. So, I mean, they are yeah. consuming these, these animals as products, but how much how much pressure can you know certain areas take and and then there's you know also the argument of well you know there's tons of land where they're protected there's tons of land that will never be hunted and with the with the western diamondback that's 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 pretty accurate there there's a, a lot of western diamondback habitat that they will never be hunted but why there's two two um roundups in the east to take the eastern diamond back, which is close to being listed as endangered. You know, why those are still going on is just absolutely beyond me. Yeah. yeah it's, it's it's crazy. I hope we really start seeing a decline in these roundups. I'm glad we are. Um, I know, Ray, you wanted to uh, to talk about some topics uh, that you had in mind. Uh, why don't you take some time to do that now? You know, okay, um, definitely. Well, Rise Against Rattlesnake Roundups, you know, it it has several different facets. And a lot of people, you know, kind of sit back in their keyboard warriors and they say, well, what are you doing? 
and this has always kind of gotten under the skin of a lot of us who are doing things. Uh, but you know, we we you know, social media is only one aspect of it. We have um, people who are you know centered in different places. People who are in Georgia and Alabama, uh, Pennsylvania, California, Texas, Oklahoma. You know that that do get out and make a difference. Go out and research these things. Uh, go out and get information. Uh, that you know they they turn that information into you know things like you know a sixth grade student's biology paper. Or, right. you know, we do things like we've did different letter campaigns where we've had people, you know, write the governor of Oklahoma and ask them to, you know, intervene in this mouth sewing uh, stuff because we've reported it. We've reported it from inside the roundups on the ground. And uh, the police have, you know, told us to get off their phone. And so we call them back and we say, you know, we'll, we'll consider getting off your phone when you do something about this over here, it's a crime. You need to enforce it, and we're getting video of it, you know, and, and things like that. And, you know, it's just kind of been – you feel like you're chipping away at an ice uh, at a huge iceberg with just a little teeny ice pick. Uh, but yeah. you're, you're doing what you can uh, with what you have. And, um, you know, one year we had – someone within RAR, it wasn't me – but they had organized a call in to the to the Apache Police Department, and the cue was going to be, you know, me and some other people were on the ground to be like a you know a witness to the fact that this was going on, get photographs of it, that you know that it was going on, and so that way, you know, if anyone tried to do anything or say anything, well, you know, we've got proof, we've got evidence. Well, a lot of people called in, tied up their emergency phone lines for quite some time, but then some some of the other people got the date wrong and actually called in for a different roundup, and that prompted the uh, game wardens in Oklahoma to visit that roundup, which was O'Keen. It was a few weeks later, and they found out that they were selling rattlesnakes without the proper licensing. Well, they shut down the butcher shop for, you know, three hours on a Saturday, and uh, hmm. Saturday is, you know, the the most profitable day of the roundup. That's the day when most people go there. And, you know, so here we're sitting at, you know, uh, you know, looking at, you know, something we did, or, or I don't say, I don't say we did, but, you know, something that happened, I'll say that, you know, shutting down a butcher shop for three hours on a Saturday. Well, you know, did we shut it down for good? No, but, you know, are, are we having some effects? Are we seeing some victories? We are. They're just not the size we want to see. Um, the one thing I'm really excited about, and I kind of hope he calls in, is the Texas uh, gassing petition, because that was something that Bill started, and he's uh, one of our East Coast members. And the fact that they heard it, I told him he was nuts. I said, dude, you're not going to even listen to that. You know, they're not even going to read it. Well, they read it. It kind of got Texas all turned upside down. And what I was looking at last year when I knew all this study and snake harvest working group was going on was they were crafting a law called House Bill, I believe, 736 or 763. It's not in front of me, but it was the right to hunt by traditional methods. Well, I kind of got a really funny feeling in the pit of my stomach because this bill was being talked about right around the time of the Sweetwater Festival 
and we knew they had heard the petition the previous year. Now, gassing has been illegal in Oklahoma for a long time, but I, I don't think anyone's checking on it. I think it still goes on. But Sweetwater was really kind of in an uproar that, you know, this could be made illegal. And the fact that it came from someone who was out of state, and the majority of the petition signees were out-of-state people, uh, you know, inflamed the situation even further. And, and, you know, because, I mean, Texans are a lot like Oklahomans. They don't want outside people telling them how to run their business, and, and I understand that. But, you know, they were looking at all this different stuff. Well, here comes this petition, or this um, house bill, and it, it, it ends, ends up getting passed. And the first time I read it, there was some kind of language in it about, like, we will not hear out of state. They're talking about that thing that Bill did because, you know, that's the only petition I know going on. And they kind of threw it out there in the media as, uh, you know, a way to protect against people like the Humane Society and PETA coming in and pushing anti-hunting legislation. But, you know, like... It, it, if if you if you lived out here, you would know that no national organization is going to come out here and end deer hunting or rabbit hunting. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Too many people do it. You know, it's kind of like us who do keep reptiles as pets. We're worried right now about what the HSUS, PETA, and all these groups are doing as far as, you know, banning reptiles, making them illegal, interstate transport, uh, they're, they're probably never going to do that with dogs. You know, they'll probably get overthrown at that point. Mm -hmm. well, we'll see. Yeah, we will. And, and I, I, I surely wouldn't put it past them because you're starting to hear about some some zany things pertaining to that. But oh yeah. You know, but we've also we've also at one time, probably around 2011, 2012. You know, had people you know, take a hard drive with video on it from these roundups and, and drop it in, um, you know, the, the, the PETA mailbox and HSUS. And they're not interested in, in the roundup issue. And the only thing I can think of is there's there's no way for them to make any money or gain any real notoriety with it. I think I would see that as something that would be controversial and would gain notoriety. I mean... <laughs> Not, not, I'm not saying that people are becoming uh, insensitive, but, you know, all we see is them supporting dogs, cats, and, you know, some other animals. But when's the, when's the, we've never seen them support a reptile. I, I think it would make for big news and uh, get, get a lot of attention. Well, a couple of years back, um, uh, the World Animal Society which I, I think, I, you know, I, I don't know a lot about them. I know one gentleman from them. I think they had ties to a larger organization, but that's just pure speculation. So, I mean, you know, don't don't hold me to that. But there was a uh, turtle festival in Indiana called Snapper Fest where, you know, people would catch a turtle out of a, you know, bucket or, a, you know, a, an agriculture horse trough kind of tub and they'd race with the turtle down to the finish line and slam it on the ground. Well, oh, man. That, got, that, raised, that raised a lot of people's eyebrows because, you know, we all know that's not a good thing to do to a turtle if you're a turtle. Um, hmm. You know, and 
there was like videos and footage that got released from that event. And the World Animal Society, I believe, I want to say they got involved with it and confronted them and wanted entrance to the festival and got denied. Um, but I heard they subsequently stopped doing the festival, either that or it went underground. But, you know, you can you can go to your computer and Google Snapper Fest and see that it did cause a fairly large outrage. But even then, I still think you're facing the dynamic of it's a turtle, and that turtle is something that people can have sympathy for. And it really, it, the, finding the people who will have sympathy for snakes, they're really few and far between out there. Mm. Um, Ray, I'm not, I'm not trying to interrupt you, but I see we have a caller on the line. Uh, caller, if you're on the line and you want to come on the air, press uh, number one on your phone and I'll bring you on. Uh, I'm not sure if it's um, the gentleman you mentioned. Okay, he wants to come on the air. Uh, caller from the 954 area code. You're live on Gecko Nation Radio. Uh, hello, it's uh, Bill Ruan Miller. Hi, Bill. Thanks hey, Bill. for calling in. Hey, just calling. Uh, Notice uh, you guys are talking about rattlesnake roundups. Uh, and a lot of the history behind them. And uh, I was just calling in just to, um, you know, just to just to say, to listen, but also just to, you know, say hi and, you know, say keep up the good work. But uh, one of the things that uh, caught my attention was uh, you were talking about the dog festival. Um, in at least one of the dog festivals, uh, I think it, I don't know which, if it's in China or if it was in uh, another country, but uh, it actually reformed very recently. Uh, one of them did, at least. And they actually reformed. And one of the reasons they reformed was due to the uh, uh, the fact that the uh, middle class there is actually growing and more people are getting dogs as pets. So more people are uh, basically becoming dog people. So it's uh it's one of those That's things to hear. show you that it's one of those things to show you that you know change can happen. It may take a while, but change can happen. So and Bill, if I can put you on the spot real quick, can you talk yeah. a little more about the Snapper Fest in Indiana? That was one of those things where somebody just happened to catch wind of it, and it really, really, really blew up quickly. It blew up on Twitter. It blew up on Facebook. Uh, it blew up on pretty much every social media. And herpers and, you know, all animal lovers pretty much all got behind that. And eventually, and there was so much outcry from all sorts of organizations, not just, of course, animal rights organizations, which will, of course, steal the credit, but also from a lot of environmental organizations and just, just sheer amount of people calling in, writing against it, calling in against it. It really, really did have an effect. And eventually it was uh, it was put a stop to. And <clears throat> I don't know what the law, I don't know if there's been a law uh, enacted to prevent it from happening again, but there might have been. That actually happened with one of the roundups in uh, the one in New Mexico. It did not, it was not a financial success, and it actually, uh, it pretty much collapsed. 
And uh, there was also outrage from local residents in New Mexico about it. And they stopped it. And eventually there was a law passed. I mean, now we all know Arizona's very strict laws when it comes to herping. Well, you know, that was passed after, I believe, after the roundup failed. But I'm not sure. I'll have to check back to that. But I remember uh, also, Ray, you were saying how turtles come across as more sympathetic than snakes. That's that's another very big factor. The fact that a lot of people consider turtles cute, even snapping turtles, uh, that really works in their favor, whereas a lot of people are really afraid of snakes, and they'll think even harmless snakes are out to kill them somehow. So that right. that's an uphill battle with publicity. Hmm. It, it really is. It's it's the kind of thing where, you know, the Save the Frogs campaign can get thousands of supporters. Uh, the Save the Turtles campaign can get hundreds of supporters. But the, you know, Save the Rattlesnakes guys, uh, you know, they can get, you know, they can get a handful, you know, if they're lucky. Sad. Real sad. Well, Ray, did you have anything else? Uh, oh, I think, uh, I think Bill hung up, or maybe we lost uh, the connection with him. Maybe he'll call. If he calls yeah. back in, I'll bring him back on. Yeah, no, yeah, I've got um, I've got a few more things to throw out there uh, for, you know, anyone who's interested in hanging on. Uh, yeah, please do. Before, Thank you for talking, right? Okay, before, um, before these, these festivals started organizing in Oklahoma in the 30s, what people did was they took dynamite and they dynamited the rattlesnake burrows. That's so terrible. that's terrible. But you know, we have we have records of it happening in Oklahoma and Texas. Uh rattlesnake bounties go back actually to New England in this I believe seventeen hundreds. And Bill actually did the research on that where, you know, they were settling the area back in those days up in Pennsylvania and Massachusetts and the government would pay you to kill rattlesnakes. Not unlike a wolf bounty you know, in the early days of settling the West. And so I think what's going on is these things are changing and they're they're probably either going to reform or die out. And I'm all for reform. I I know that um, these events bring a lot of people to these communities. Communities, I've talked to the merchants in many of these communities and they're like, you know, the Roundup Weekend's what keeps our furniture store alive. Or the Roundup Weekend is actually where our gas station goes back in the black, you know, financially. And, you know, you got to think about that. You're, you're wanting to see animals uh, not suffer, not get tortured. But you're also like, how do I do that without taking, you know, all these financial resources away from these people? And, you yeah. know, and it's just, it's a tough thing. But I do think it can happen. And, you know, right now there's, um, you know, I'm going to be at the Texas Rattlesnake Festival March 12th and March 13th in Conroe, Texas, and that's a no-kill, totally humane rattlesnake exhibit and show that we're going to put on. Uh, I believe I talked to you the first year it happened when I was down there. And, you know, and it's, um, it's, and I think that, you know, getting stuff like that established in these areas and getting them off the ground getting them successful and showing people that, hey, people will still spend money and show up 
to see, you know, these these animals and see cool things about them without a bunch of them being mistreated and slaughtered and tortured is, is one piece of the puzzle, you know, to solving this environmental dilemma that's has been a topic of debate going back into the 60s, as far as I can tell. Well, that, yes, the, the festival is definitely a good thing. I mean, and it's not just rattlesnakes. They bring all kinds of animals there, too, don't they? Yeah, they've, um, I wasn't at last year's, but I was at the first one, and they had, they had western diamondback morphs. I didn't know these things even existed. They had, like, bubblegum atroxes and alpino atroxes and things like that. And, you know, when I think of morphs, I think ball pythons and leopard geckos, and those are great animals. And, you know, they've had some of those there, too, but, um, you know, they do things like, you know, they have an area where you can hold a, a non-venomous snake like a king snake or a smaller python or something like that. And, you know, we but that first one I was at, you know, we saw some people who came and they were there to get over their fear of snakes. And their doctor or whatever told them to go do this. And, you know, to get to be a part of someone making that realization that it's just an animal like any other animal you know, uh, it's just something that really, you know, kind of warms the heart. Um, and, you know, and it was just, it was a good thing that first year we even had people show up who were on their way to Sweetwater, Texas to go to the rattlesnake roundup up there. And after seeing one of the presenters do his show on Sweetwater, they said, we're not even going, we're going to stay here for the second day of your deal. So, you know, small, small victories and it changes, change, change can happen. But uh, it's going to take it's going to take everybody working together, working towards a common goal, and uh, you know really kind of um, banding together and, and helping. Well, what can the people listening to the show do to help uh, raise awareness by uh, telling more people about it? What can they do? Well, that, that's one avenue that that definitely will, will help is. You know, sharing pictures, sharing accurate information about these events, uh, because if the information isn't accurate, it can work against us. Um, that one photo that you've, that you've seen with the snake with its mouth sewn shut, that thing has been looked at by hundreds of thousands of people all over the world. Well, some people attribute it to Sweetwater. Actually, you know, it's from Apache, Oklahoma. And so I talked to one of the guys from the Sweetwater JCs a while back, and he said, and he, he pretty much told me that you know they're printing out comments on web pages, saying you know we don't do this kind of stuff, and here's where we're getting blamed for it, and it's being used to discredit our side. So I mean I would say first get educated, join join the RAR Facebook page, uh, get in touch with people like Bill Rulon Miller, myself. Uh, other people that are out there, Kelly Hill, Thomas Root, these are all people that are willing to help and uh, get you to the proper information. And, you know, writing your government officials, a lot of people have really kind of downplayed our efforts in that. But, you know, we um, we just, we have not seen a lot of good come from, like, online e-petitions on this issue. And then I've I've talked to people in state government that say, you know, a petition from change.org usually hits a spam folder. A lot of the people that are intended to see it never see it. 
Well, they start getting letters or they start getting phone calls. And, you know, it's kind of along the mentality of you interrupt someone's day or, or you know, a, a paid staffer has to spend, you know, 30 minutes opening letters and envelopes and reading about it, passing it on or throwing it in the trash either way. But it's not just as easy as deleting an email. So, right. you know, getting you know, people have to get off social media to affect this thing. You have to, you know, contact lawmakers, and we're going to be doing another run in RAR soon about, you know, um, Oklahoma contacting lawmakers there in regards to the mouth-sewing issue because we feel that's an area that we can't bend on anyway because it's just, it's just you know, too horrible of an issue. And, Damn. you know, we'll... Good. No, it's totally well, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is, and and appears to be illegal. And why why no one has really heard our cries about it yet? I I don't know. I mean, outside of the the reptile community, which of course they know about it and are outraged by it. But mm-hmm. you know, and we'll we'll probably be working on something in Texas again soon. Um, I think the the gassing issue. If if Texas Parks and Wildlife does not make it illegal to burrow gas, I think that it needs to be approached again, but by people in the state of Texas. Because if that House bill is is correct, and you know I'm not an attorney, I'm not a legal scholar by any means, but it sounds like they're not even going to listen to it if it comes from out of state. And so it's going to take people who are closer to these things getting involved. And I understand people not wanting to do that, but I also understand that if you want to see it change, you're going to have to do. Um, you know, the, the the guy that started the Rise Against Rattlesnake Roundup's Facebook page, his name, you know, I told you earlier, his name is Jared, and he went on to graduate school. He's kind of been out of the game for a few years now. But when this guy started this Facebook page, I watched him take a ton of abuse from, you know, local people that he had grown up with that were, you know, calling him traitor and all this stuff and just really coming down on the guy because he didn't agree with what they were doing. And uh, that was that was kind of kind of sad to watch that, and that was when I first was coming into it. But, you know, it's, it's really going to take those people close to the communities to say, hey, this isn't wrong, or hey, we've got to change. And, you know, it can happen. It will happen eventually. How soon, we don't know. But, I mean, you can imagine, though, what would happen if you found the right attorney to take the case and bring charges against, you know, like maybe the state of Oklahoma for something like mouse sewing and, you know, sue one of these small municipalities on behalf of the animal itself. You know, it's just finding the right animal rights attorney that would take that case and probably work for free. And that's just not something that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, to me, it'd be better if they would see where we're coming from and stop it before that, you know. But And some of the roundups in Oklahoma have stopped the mouse sewing. Like, I think O'Keen used to do it. And I've seen comments like, you got, you know, where an O'Keen hunter is talking to uh, a Warika hunter and saying, you guys need to, you know, get rid of this because, you know, it, it just makes you guys look bad. You know, and, and that guy used to do that in our town, and we ran him off. And you know, and so, you know, it's just kind of been a, a battle, and it's 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 just not going to happen overnight. 
And a lot of people, unfortunately, if they don't see change happen and change happen quickly, they get discouraged and they give up. And it, it's it's a long-term prospect. Look at how many years me and Bill have been involved in it. Bill was involved with RAR before I was. And you know, and he's and he's been a real warrior out in the East as far as getting to the ones in Georgia and pushing for them to reform. And he's visited a lot of the ones in Pennsylvania that are no-kill and catch-and-release and has talked to them about how they've done it and how they've made the transition. And so, you know, Bill has done a tremendous amount of work in the eastern United States on this issue. So, you know, it's um, it's it's really something kind of for the long haul. You know, it's... um. But I think it's something that's worth it. Our, our, you know, our native wildlife has to be protected. And I'm not saying you can't hunt it or you can't eat it or you can't kill it. But, you know, there's reasons why, you know, that you, you can take two deer a year or you can take, you know, 15 rabbit a year or you have a limit on fish a day. Um, yeah. I don't think these animals can sustain this kind of hunting pressure forever. And if they get more technologically advanced at hunting them, who, who knows what, what will happen? You know, I mean, I, I doubt in the West the, the roundups alone would make the Western diamondback rattlesnake go extinct, but could it be part of the puzzle? You know, let's say the roundups continue, become more sophisticated, which, you know, we all hope doesn't happen, but if it does and then snake fungal disease pops up in the West, well, then we've got a whole new set of issues. What about what do we? What about the Oklahoma and Texas Fish and Wildlife? What's their stance about on, on the roundups? Oklahoma, pretty much as I, I will give them credit for showing up at Okeene that one year and getting involved and in telling them we're shutting down your butcher shop until you guys get the appropriate licenses or you know whatever they did there. But for the most part. It seems like they don't really care. It's like, but then again, people are buying. You know, people who go come to these things to hunt, they'll buy a five-day hunting permit. And they'll buy it through the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife Conservation. Well, where's that money go? It goes back to them. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you know, they, they may not want to speak out about it. And I don't want to talk too much for Texas, but I know there are people in the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department who see our side of things and they want to they probably I won't say they want to see gassing be made illegal but that, that's my hunch from what I get from them and then there's people who who don't want to go there and so there's there's probably conflict in those departments but you know it's 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 kind of it seems like it's politics and money you know ruling the day versus conservation and what's good for our environment okay yeah Certainly is the case in a lot of aspects of life. <laughs> right. We were we were looking at something you know Bill brought to my attention was in Pennsylvania they were looking at delisting the timber rattlesnake, and and we already know that that's one of its few strongholds in the Northeast. It's been extirpated from a lot of areas, and it almost looks like. They're wanting to delist it for, you know, shell development, you know, oil drilling, things like that. And, you know, once again, you know, money wins and wildlife loses. And um, not the world I want to live in, you know. 
you know, eventually uh, some of these animals will only be able to see them in zoos, if that. I mean, if it gets really bad, um, right. all around the world uh, we're losing species. I don't know, it's like 100 a day. It's uh, it's very unsettling. I mean, it's it's, it's sad. It's really sad. And it's uh, sometimes we feel powerless, and I, I agree with you. You know, it can be frustrating for people to stay vigilant because they don't feel like they're powerful enough to do anything or to make the change by themselves. And, uh, but, you know, every once in a while, it's that little voice that, that starts a, starts an avalanche, too. So, you never know. It, it, exactly. I mean, you have, you have to believe that you can take on a giant and you can win. And whether or not you do win isn't really the issue. But you have to have that mindset going in because, yeah. you know, a lot of things that have come to light in recent years that, you know, the Kansas Herpetological Society put out a paper on rattlesnake roundups, I think back in the 80s, and it was widely circulated, and they addressed the things like mouth sewing. So people before our group knew it was going on, but until you get pictures of it out there or video of it out there, people don't really realize what they're talking about. And then they see it and they make yeah. the connection. And so, you know, it's just, um, you, you just kind of got to believe that you can, that, that you are, that you are the somebody that can't do something. And we just need more and more people to step up and, and lay into it. I know of one thing that I can do personally to help out. And, uh, I don't know if it's risky or not for my YouTube channel, but I, I don't know. I think I have like, let's take a quick look. Last time I checked, I think I have uh, fifteen thousand subscribers or something like that. Um, right. And right, do you have any video that you could send me that I could upload? I mean, I could certainly include a link, but um, if you have a short video of something that goes on at these roundups, I can maybe do like a speak over type of thing or, you know, have some things come up on the screen uh, to raise, help raise awareness. I'd be willing to do that if you'd, if you'd want me to. I would definitely be interested in that. Um, right now I'm kind of computerless and don't have any, okay. any access to video editing software, but I was thinking about putting together like a compilation that wasn't too brutal because a lot of the video I've put out is just what I've seen. And it'll get a few hundred views and then people turn off or people flag it. And even people in the reptile community who don't realize I'm trying to expose this end up flagging it. And, uh -huh. you, know, you know, and so, and then, so I've got on my YouTube channel, I've got a video I shot in Sweetwater, Texas of a dad and his son skinning a rattlesnake. And this boy is not six years old. He's probably four or five, and he's skinning a rattlesnake. Well, the video got flagged; it got age restricted. And what what's ironic is it's of a you know four year old boy cutting up an animal. So you know, I'm kind of you know got to refine some things in my video approach, and um, you know, and hopefully you know get some video out to people who have higher traffic engines like someone like yourself. So I definitely will be uh, revisiting that idea with you in the future. I mean, and I definitely appreciate the most generous offer. And, um, yeah, anything I, I can do to help. Definitely. Um, I'm glad, glad to have you around, Dave. Glad, you, glad to have you around. 
Well, I'm I'm one of those folks that doesn't back down easily either, and I've had things in my life where um, I've had to go up against big guys and business and things like that and competitive products, and it kind of just makes me more, um, I don't know, passionate and more driven. <laughs> you know, like it yeah. makes me feel like, all right, well, I'm going to be like that. All right, well, then I'm motivated now, <laughs> you know? Uh, right. I think uh, a lot of people should try to draw strength from situations like that. And uh, this is certainly one of those uh, situations. I don't know. I, 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 I mean, just from talking to you, Ray, I, I have a positive feeling about things for the future. I, I think people as a whole are just becoming a little more enlightened today um, about a lot of things. And uh, you know, I can't see this going on forever. That's for sure. It's not. It's not. Yeah, and, and it's it's getting through to that one kid who's going to grow up in that community or, or buy there that's going to say, you know, hey, we're not doing this anymore or we're going to do something different. And and we've seen it happen in Florida. You know, the San Antonio Rattlesnake Roundup in Florida, I believe, is now a, a wild chicken race or something. It's um, they sure don't kill. No, I'm serious. They they don't kill rattlesnakes there anymore. That much I'm sure of. And recently, oh, the Claxton, Georgia Roundup um, turned. They still call it the Claxton, Georgia Rattlesnake Roundup, but they use only captive specimens, and that all snakes go home at the end of the day unhurt. So you know there are positive changes happening. It just it just takes a lot of time and. You know, when when you're an organization like us, we're not like Sea Shepherd where, you know, Bob Barker turns around and hands us $5 million. And, you know, we've got a team of attorneys who, you know, can we can afford to pay to defend us. So it's a little bit different demographic when working with something like this. But, you know, the average citizen writing a letter and making a phone call oftentimes is one of the most powerful things you can do. And, you know, people have called in to the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife Commission and said, you know, I, 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 I don't like this. Uh, you know, I kind of, I don't want to visit your state or even spend money there when you guys are treating your native wildlife like this. And just little things like that, they hear it long enough, it starts messing with them. Uh, I'm convinced of that. And so, you know, just kind of more people on board, more people willing to, you know, get off Facebook and Twitter not that those are bad things, but, you know, get on the phone and write the letters and contact the people that need to be contacted. That's something that, you know, we're getting ready to do another push on RAR, and you guys can, you know, follow it there. But, uh, you know, just stuff like that. And, you know, one of the things that I encourage people to take away from tonight is that you have to think that I'm the only one who's going to actually pick this up and do what this guy's saying. Because, you know, the moment you think, well, everybody else is going to do it, I don't have to do it, I don't have to pull my weight, that's where we lose. Yeah, and um, I have a little suggestion for you, Ray. I just uh, went to add your YouTube channel to my list of featured channels. It's a little section on the right of my page on my YouTube channel. I have uh, Jason White, Daily Reptile News there, and uh, J.D. Hartzell, and uh, BC Barker creations and whatnot. Um, the only concern that I have from a business perspective is if you could make your channel look like it's, you know, to raise awareness about these terrible things because 
I mean, I, I'm going to keep it on my channel, my future channels, but if somebody just decides to look at it, they may think that I'm supporting that by showing those, right. by linking to those videos. So, you know, well, something exactly. that you can do to clarify that. You know, that would help you too, I think. Yeah, I, I definitely think so too. That's something I'll, I'll be looking at in the future. But um, and but I have also found that even when you kind of break it down to some people and explain it, they still think you're supporting it anyway. So you know, it's it's, it's and I've had I definitely I definitely think those are those are good words of wisdom from you from you, brother Dave. And um, you know, man, you know, feel free to shoot me some ideas if ever you come up with them because exactly how I would go about doing that might be something I could use a little creative help with. Um, yeah, let me think or, about you know, it. Yeah, think about it. And, um, you know, because we've tried to put disclaimers at the front of videos. It's like, you know, we do not support Nobody reads those. This is graphic. Right. Nobody reads those. They just go right to the video. And then you, you have you – ha what, what you have is you have the roundup people flagging your videos on YouTube as inappropriate because they know you're working against them. And then people, misinformed people from the reptile community think, oh, my God, this is horrible. We have to get it off, you know, YouTube. And they flag them, and you end up getting video age restricted. So, you know, it's definitely oh, an uphill battle. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, we'll figure something out. I'm, I'm not a master at YouTube. In fact, my channel's grown on its own with very little uh, effort on my part. I've just kind of just showing videos of Mike Hexos and you know, I really don't well it's a great go channel, crazy. Dave. It's a great channel. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you, right. Um oh, I just like showing my passion for geckos, you know? I mean, uh, it's uh, it's easy for me because that's what I love doing. You know? So that's how that's how people, you know, found me is from YouTube. I mean I was just a nobody uh well not nobody, but I was just another, you know, guy in the haystack of Breeders of leopard geckos, and uh, I don't know. I posted a couple of cool videos, and all of a sudden, everybody, who's this David Fine geckos guy? And then I'm starting. Then I start getting emails and messages that I can't. I can't even keep up with them anymore. I feel terrible. I can't. I can't even. <laughs> I'd like to. I'd like to help everybody. I can't do it. Right? It's just I don't have. I don't have a secretary. We don't make enough money in this to hire secretaries to <laughs> to answer right. questions and stuff. But. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. I think uh, I think your cause is definitely a, a just and worthy one. And like I said earlier, anything I can do to help you, I, I will just ask. And if there's anything you need to promote or get the word out about, you know, you, you want me to mention it on the air on any any of our shows, just uh, hit me up on Facebook. I'll be happy to do that too for you. Definitely, definitely. I, I will. Um, I'll take you up on that, and we'll be in touch. All right. Is there anything else you want to uh, leave us with, Ray, before uh, we call it a night? Just, um, you know, realize that you're the one person out there that can make a difference for, you know, wildlife that can't for itself. Uh, you you have to think of it like that. You have to realize that, hey, I'm going to, I can take on this industry and I'm going to find a way to win. And you got to approach things with that mindset to get anything done, be it trying to save rattlesnakes uh, whales, tigers, it, it really doesn't matter. Whatever you try to fight for in conservation, you're up against big business. You're up against way more corporate sponsorship than you're ever going to see. And you have to realize that you're, you're, you're the David that can take out the Goliath. 
and you just have mm. to keep that in mind. And um, you know, and I um, I always wondered why somebody didn't do something about it until I realized I was somebody. Yep, that's a good point. Oh, I hope uh, I hope folks listening tonight um, have become enlightened about this. If you had known about it already, and uh, I hope uh, you guys can raise awareness, even if you just tell other Harpers about it. Um, I think it'll right. help. And like I said, I shared Ray's uh, YouTube channel on the Declination Radio page, so you guys can link to it from there if you'd like. Uh, Ray, listen, um, keep fighting the good fight. Thank you so much for what you have done and what you're doing and what you're going to do. Um, it's a, it's a good thank thing you, Dave, for what you do with. because uh, you're definitely an inspiration to me. Uh, I appreciate that very much. Thank you, Ray. Well, you're welcome back anytime. You have an open invitation. And... Uh, I, I really appreciate giving us uh, giving us some of your time tonight, right? Thank you very much. Okay, you have a good night, Dave. You too. Take care. Yeah. All right, folks. Uh, great show. Great interview with Ray. Um, feeling really good about it. Uh, really positive about it. Um, learned some things that I didn't know about these uh, roundups. Hope you guys learned a bit about it. Um, I won't lie to you, those videos can be a little disturbing, but maybe people need to see them. Maybe it's something you got to see once to, you know, to, to light a fire in your chest and, and get you a little upset and, and say, what the hell, you know? And uh, maybe there's somebody listening that's near Sweetwater, Texas, that can go out there and pick it in front of these places, uh, in front of these roundups. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you to do that, but maybe that might be an idea you might have. But uh, you didn't hear that from me. But... Uh, Anyway, uh, I'd like to thank everybody that tuned in tonight. I'd like to thank, thank Bill for calling in. Um, also, let's go ahead and mention our sponsors, and I'm going to play uh, what I think is an appropriate song to take us out with tonight. All right, let's start from the top. Dale's Bearded Dragons. Check out dbdpet.com for any reptile supply products you may need. Don't forget, use the code GNR5, all in caps, for... Five or ten percent off. I think they're giving ten percent off. And of course, if you see DVD Dale's Bearded Dragons at any expos in the Northeast, all the way from Baltimore to New Hampshire, mention the show and get ten percent off any supplies at that expo. Or if they're already low prices, cool. All right, now while we're talking about dragons, let's talk about AB Dragons. That was Dale's Bearded Dragons. This is AB Dragons. ABDragons.com is your source for dubia roaches. Love AB Dragons. They don't just have dubia roaches now, though. They have a whole ton of other species for you. So maybe you have some really obscure little geckos that don't like dubias or dubias are too wide or, you know, you need something a little faster to get their attention. Definitely check out abdragons.com. Use the code GECKO, all in caps, at checkout for 5 or 10% off your order every time. I think they're up to 10% off, too, for our listeners. That's an awesome discount. RectileStickers.com, if you guys need anything for your business or your page or graphic design, contact Rachel. Ask uh, about what she can do for you. That's RectileStickers.com. And, of course, SeaSerpents.com and Hotbox Incubators. If you guys need the best racks, safest racks and incubators, go with Sea Serpents, Hotbox. You won't be disappointed. Their prices are very competitive, and the products are second to none. And they use real FlexWi heat tape, which is really important. American-made product, safest heat tape in the industry. All right. 
Reptiles Express, if you guys need to ship your reptiles anywhere in the U.S., Canada, uh, now Puerto Rico, I believe, uh, you can do that with Reptiles Express. Very cost-effectively. Best place to get your FedEx labels. Ship it legal. And uh, if you need shipping supplies like boxes, heat packs, um, snake bags, deli cups, uh, stuff like that, there you're there you're, there's the place to go. I got the best ones. I love their boxes. Uh, I get all my shipping supplies from them. In fact, unlike other uh, supply distributors, uh, their boxes have the really thick three eighths inch. Uh, styrofoam, which is really important, especially in the winter time and in the summer, it keeps those temperatures steady in there. So I love their boxes for that reason. Okay, let's talk about rainbow mealworms. I get all my mealworms from Rainbow. A lot of people do. Rainbow is like world famous. They own a whole city block in Compton, California. It's the worm block, <laughs> and uh, I haven't heard anybody that dislikes Rainbow. I mean. When anybody asks on Facebook or anywhere else, where should I get my mealworms from? It's rainbow, 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 rainbow. So check out rainbowmealworms.net. If you have any questions, ask for Jillian, and she'll help you out over there at rainbowmealworms.net. Well, they also have all kinds of other insects, too, besides mealworms. All right, gecko forums. Check out geckoforums.net. If you guys are into leopard geckos and other species of geckos, it's been going It's the one forum that's been going since 2006, so you'll get a lot of history there and a lot of good information on husbandry and morph questions and stuff like that. So make an account with geckoforms.net. All right. And Mr. Gecko Boa, John Scarborough. Check out geckoboa.com and geckoboa reptiles on Facebook. Top quality leopard gecko morphs, some of the best around, and leopard gecko subspecies, and some strange and exotic geckos that you don't feel at the time, like cave geckos, um, all kinds of weird stuff John's working on. There's always something new going on over there. You just got a big shipment of all kinds of crazy geckos from overseas, too. So check out geckoboa.com. Let me just take a breath here for a second. Okay, a few more. Ohio gecko. Check out ohiogecko.com. And uh, that always has some really nice tangerines and awesome fat tails and uh, cool snows and enigmas and stuff like that. So check out ohiogecko.com for some cool leopard gecko and fat tails. And let's see, two more. Supreme Gecko. Mr. Wally Kern does an awesome job over there with bay geckos and cresties and all kinds of cool micro geckos. What I like most about his site is his site isn't just about sales. He's got so much information there. Um, it's it, You'll never be able to get to it all. But uh, definitely check out supremegecko.com. Last but not least, the godfather himself, Mr. Ron Trimper from leopardgecko.com. Mr. Ron Trumper has basically gifted us with the gift of morph making with leopard geckos. He's been so instrumental over the years with just amazing morphs like the Bandit, Diablo Blanco, Raptors, uh, Aptors, Emerines, all kinds of cool stuff. And uh, I know he's got a bunch of great geckos on his site right now. Check out his available page at leopardgecko.com. Also, he's got two great apps. Well, he's got a few apps, but the two I like the best, you guys can check them out. He's got links to his apps on his page, I mean, on his, on his webpage. The apps that I like the best are the LG Pro app and the Leopard Gecko Care app. So if you guys are into Leopard Geckos or new to Leopard Geckos, the Leopard Gecko Pro app, LG Pro, that is like an encyclopedia of all the common Leopard Gecko morphs out there. So it's a good place to get started with uh, your knowledge base of what's available to you. And uh, the Leopard Gecko Care app is like a Leopard Gecko Care manual 
right on your phone at all times. So I hope you guys can take advantage of those two great apps. All right. As always, please donate to US ARC, the Legal Defense Fund, usarc.org. And um, let's go ahead. As I said in the beginning of the show, it's sad but true. These things happen. You guys can do something about it, though. So here's sad but true from Metallica. Everybody have a great night.